welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report. Happy to have you with us on a Monday. It is January 14th. Nothing I can do about it being a Monday, but hopefully... We can make your day a little bit better with a brand new Ralph Report. Got a good show today, besides all the usual nonsense. uh, Starting my interview with Bobby Moynihan today. Bobby, of course, spent nine seasons on Saturday Night Live. Also a wildly successful voiceover actor. Had a great conversation with him. I think you're really going to dig it. Later in the week, I think we must do a half an hour alone on the history of David S. Pumpkins and how that sketch all came about. So uh, it's going to be a good interview this week. Sitting here in the Batcave with me, of course, finally back from his successful tour of the world, Vice Host Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Pleasure to have you with us again, Eddie. Glad to be back. You were missed. Everyone said, we miss Eddie. Well, not everyone. (laughs) Not everybody. (laughs) But one guy said, I miss Eddie. And my wife, Carrie, stepped in. Carrie rocks. Acquitted herself very admirably. (laughs) So happy to have you back. Uh, Before we get any further... I got to say, it was a good run. It was a good run while it lasted. But, you know, the magic doesn't last forever sometimes. It's rare a Super Bowl, a defending Super Bowl champ even gets to defend their title in the playoffs. It doesn't happen all the time. You rarely go back to back. rarely go back to back. But there was, of course, there was a a glimmer of dreams there. Yeah. When uh, Nick Foles started waving his magic dick... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's why they call him Big Dick Nick. Well, the bright side is I don't have to hear that song anymore. That's true. So that's the bright side. At least side. until uh, September, anyway. <laughs> so uh, congratulations to my Philadelphia Eagles on putting up a valiant fight this season, getting into the playoffs. Hell, you lasted one day longer than the uh, Dallas Cowboys. That's all you can ask for. Every really. season, that's really all. <laughs> that's really all you want. It's considered a successful season <laughs> if we get to play one more day of football than the Dallas Cowboys. That's all that matters. So congratulations to all those uh, Saints fans who were very vocal <laughs> in their win last night. Uh, I got your messages. I got your emails. I got your tweets. And uh, I still think your coach is a massive dick. Yes, Sean Payton's a prick. He just has that dick face. But I, the dick uh, face. I, uh, I don't hold that against you, Saints fans who are members of the Garmy. So I'm wishing you all the best as you move forward. I gotta say though, I am throwing my uh, considerable football weight as a fan. Who are you backing now? Behind the Chiefs. Chiefs, yeah, I Chiefs would, is my team. I like now. see Reed get one. That's the reason. I'd Andy like Reed, Reed, of course, longtime coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Always loved him. Always thought he was a good man and a good coach. And to see him have uh, so much success there. With the Chiefs is, uh, is is okay with me. Pretty much anybody but Brady. This yes, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. That's how we're feeling. Anybody but Brady. Um, and also, I got pals who are from Kansas City area. Eric Stone Street is a big Chiefs yeah. fan. Uh, Dave Keckner is a big uh, Chiefs fan. Rob Riggle. So I'm wishing those guys all the best. So there you go. I'm, I will try to carry on in the face of depression <laughs> and give you a good show anyway. So let's get on with the show today. We're going to kick things off with some of your voicemails today. Before I even get into that, though, Eddie Pence, regale us with tales of stand-up comedy. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, you uh, not only were in Vegas this past week performing. Vegas, uh, Thursday, Friday. Two shows, Thursday and Friday? No, we did, a, we, we did a walk. It was, it, it was at the CES Tech Conference, which is like the biggest event in Vegas. Oh, bigger than no the better Bowl. audience than a bunch yeah, of tech, bunch ne- of tech nerds. nerds. It's awesome. <laughs> so we uh, did our... We had a, I'm, I also do the sports show every Wednesday, and we uh, they're getting ready to launch their app for it called Fandom Sports. Gotcha. And we did it was a big launch app party, and they got we did a run through on Wednesday, and then Thursday night we did like the or Thursday night we did the run through, and then Friday we did the big panel and the 
and the show, and it was great. It was great. Good. It was a huge success. They're very excited about the future of the app, so we'll see what happens. I guess now we need a, the Ralph Report app. You really do. Yes, That's what it is now. I have no idea what that app would be or <laughs> what it would on. do, but <laughs> you need we need a, to get one on everybody's phone. need a Ralph Report app. Yeah, I'll work on that. I'm going to keep the podcast up and running first before I start working <laughs> on apps. And then Saturday night. Saturday. John Cooperman. It was you and John Cooperman. At the Ice House in Pasadena. A really cool thing happened. I got a late minute gig at 7 o'clock at the Park Place Brewery in Monrovia, which is a little east of Pasadena. Yeah, it's right around the corner. Yeah, and uh, a couple Garvey members showed up. I just posted real quick, and um, uh, Keith and uh, Christian showed up. Garmy members out of in the blue. Monrovia one, yeah, just out of the blue, like, hey, are you Eddie? I'm like, yeah, and like we listen all the time, and that's so awesome. Just came out, they live right there, and they they frequent that place, and they came. What it's about like, the the Ice House? Set. Ice Did House any was Garmy members there, yeah, a lot of Garmy members. It's sold out. Wow, um, he, he, uh, he, uh, Cooperman filled it up, and we had. He even did the song. Did he, <laughs> he really? Did the song on stage to uh Did anyone know it? A smattering of applause. A smattering of people got it. <laughs> the people that got it. It was a really fun show. I think everybody enjoyed themselves. It was well, great. Look at you. Really good time. Glad to hear the things great few went days. well. Well, yeah. uh, you're back. I'm back. And now it's time for us to get on to uh, our show as usual. Your voicemails make me laugh. They're just the best. Thanks so much for everybody who participates. You can always reach us via email at Ralph at theralphreport.com or eddie at theralphreport.com or you can leave your voicemails 24 hours a day, seven days a week at the Ralph Report hotline. By now, I'm sure you know the number. It's 1-833-HI-RALPH. I missed it so much. You can uh, always leave a message. I listen to them all. Don't usually get back to everybody because we get so many of them, but I grab a handful almost every day to play at the beginning of the show, and today is one of those days. It's the Garmy on the line. The telephone is ringing. The garbage's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. All right, uh, before I get started, a lot of people left voicemails and even some emails asking me if, as promised, I was going to do any sort of weekly recap on the Lindsay Lohan Beach Club show oh. on MTV. Can you sit through that? Well, I watched the premiere last oh, you week. Did? That's the news I have for you. That's what I need to break to uh, the members of the Garmy. Wow. Listen, I love me some bad TV. If you've listened to uh, the, the Bachelor update, you know I love train wreck television. I find it very entertaining. This isn't even good enough to be a train wreck. It's fucking unbearable. It's an hour long, and it feels like it's about a week. It is, it is not... Um, uh, poke fun at it bad it's kind of more go back in time and kill the man who invented television so it never exists bad <laughs> that's kind of how i look at it it's worth sacrificing all the good televisions brought just to make sure this oh yeah never easily happens. easily it's it's so unwatchable and everyone is so unlikable that i can't even have fun like making fun of those people oh so sadly that will not be a thing just because i can't bear it no, it's don't put yourself through it. so much stupid and so much Awful. It, it's, um, I, yeah, I, I was just slack jawed in <laughs> shock and horror as I watched it. Your, so your eyes started going crossed when you said Man, that. It was fucking brutal. <laughs> so we won't be talking about that. However, I'm open to your other suggestions. Daryl, for example, I get this question quite a bit. He's got one for me. Hey, Ralph, this is Daryl. My uh, 21st birthday is coming up. And I was wondering, what were your, be your top three? for a hangover 
Love you. Mean it. Bye. I get that question a lot. I don't know why people think I have any sort of expertise when it comes to drinking or hangovers. <laughs> you know how to get drunk. <laughs> here's the thing, Daryl. 21. God bless you. Good luck. You're starting off your drinking career. He, I have several solutions. Here's the thing. You only need to find one. You yeah. need one go-to hangover. Whatever cure. works for you. Right. Uh, here, I'm going to give you three choices. The first one. My favorite is the Bloody Mary. I know it's sort of a, uh, a hackneyed uh, hangover cure, but it really does help. A nice, spicy Bloody Mary. A hair of the dog, as we talked about before on the show, really tends to bring me around on my worst days. That being said, if you don't want to go booze, then you got to go grease. And I recommend almost anything off of the McDonald's breakfast menu and a large, regular Coke. Don't get the diet. Get a yeah. regular Coke. Coke has magical properties of settling your stomach, and the caffeine helps. And then uh, Egg McMuffin is my choice. A couple Egg McMuffins soaks, soaks up all the booze and gets you going again. Yeah. Third, the key is, and you'll learn this, Daryl, in your drinking career as you progress forward, the key is not to get a hangover in the first place. So here is my bedtime ritual before I lay my head down to sleep or pass out, depending how you look at it. I get myself a tall glass of water. I get myself an Alka-Seltzer. Now, a lot of people don't like the taste of Alka-Seltzer. They got problems with it. Deal with it. Drink that because it gets aspirin right into your bloodstream immediately. And then while you're drinking the Alka-Seltzer, wash down a couple Excedrin migraine, um, migraines. Okay. Now, that's got caffeine in it, and a lot of people worry they won't be able to get to sleep. Trust me. If you're drunk enough that you need to worry about uh, how you're going to feel in the morning, you're going to sleep just fine. But usually that combo will have me waking up in the morning feeling pretty good. I actually have a hangover remedy, and I don't drink. Then who are you to give a hangover <laughs> remedy? Know. I've read it. A I've man who's reading. never had a hangover <laughs> in his life reading. is going to tell you now how I've to cure a hangover. Uh, you eat a radish before you go drinking. There's a property in the radish oh, for which sake. will prevent a hangover. If you eat one or two, I don't know what's a plural for radish, <laughs> radish eye. You eat a couple radish eyes. <laughs> I think it's radishes. Radishes? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you eat a couple radishes. Where did you, you hear this? Uh, it's like a, it's an old, uh, I don't know, it's some old remedy that I read one time. It's, tr it's true? <laughs> you're just back, and you're already making us put the show on hold. I hope you're proud of yourself. We'll be right back. We know your time is valuable. Thank you for holding. Someone will be with you as soon as possible. And we're back. And after scouring the internet high and low, the closest thing we could find to radishes being a hangover helper is this one thing that's called the kitchen pharmacy. There you go. This sounds like a fucking... Uh, it's a West Virginia thing. It sounds like sure. something out of goop. It sounds like pseudoscience at best. But the kitchen pharmacy says uh, these foods have cooling properties for the liver. So if you want to cool down your liver... It says the liver gets heated from stress and excess alcohol. Here are foods that strengthen the liver's function. And then it says green tea, honey, lemon, fresh ginger, and radishes. There you go. So Nailed it. It's amongst a long <laughs> list it. of dubious foods that some guy suggests someplace <laughs> on the internet that maybe you should eat it. Is it going to hurt you to throw down a couple of radishes before you go out drinking? No. No. However, while go we're talking it. about pre-gaming... Uh, I know for a fact that Asian pears or Asian pear juice also 
helps prevent a hangover beforehand. It okay. prevents the uh, the uh, immediate absorption of alcohol into the body. So okay. well, that's another you know, tip. To, so, so, so make a radish. Eat cocktail. a radish and wash it down with some Asian pear juice. There you go. Wow. You're back in a big way, Eddie. I got to tell you I that. Had to, I had to come back big, right? Speaking of booze, <laughs> this guy has a suggestion. We read our uh, mean exit surveys oh, last yeah. week. Those are fun. Uh, one guy suggested I go back to bartending. Yeah. Uh, this guy's piling on. Hey, Ralph. Uh, you know, I was listening to you talk about the people's exit reviews or whatever, and that guy made fun of you saying that you should be a bartender. But honestly, what if you opened up your own bar like you could do shows from there and like a whiskey bar i would go to the ralph garman whiskey bar i don't know it's just an idea lmb bye so there you go he wants me to open a bar that'd be nice which as you know are are wildly successful businesses usually opening a restaurant a bar is just a guaranteed way to print money especially in la i I got one struggling business as it is doing a podcast you want me to take another one on and open a bar those don't shutter every three weeks no and they're cheap to operate and open too so that's (laughs) an excellent idea what's cheaper than buying lots of whiskey lord i'm told you if i'm going to open a bar it's going to be a pub and it's going to be called the Kennel of Rats. It has, we know to, that, has right? to be the Kennel of Rats. So I appreciate the suggestion. It's not that I wouldn't enjoy owning a bar, although I might drink away the majority of the profits. Yeah, probably. But it's uh, out of my uh, it's out of my comfort zone right now. So that's not going to happen. While we're talking about those mean exit interviews, the mean exit surveys we read last week, Liam from Philadelphia was listening, and he was inspired by us confronting mean things said about us on the internet to volunteer one of his own. Hey, Ralph, Liam from Philly here. I figured since you were such a good sport in sharing some of the mean things people said about you on the Internet, that I might reply in kind and share something that was just recently said to me online. So I'm 34 and doing the online dating thing and met a woman. We went out on a date, thought everything went well. And a day later, I get a message from her that says that I'm not good looking enough to be this weird. Now, I can assure you, on our date, I only talked to one dog like he was people, so I'm not sure exactly what she's getting Maybe that, that was it, Liam. But anyway, the joke's on her because I'm tender and I'm great at mouth stuff, so up yours, Karen, C-A-R-Y-N. Yeah. As always, love the show. Hugs and kisses. You're missing out, Karen. Great at mouth stuff. Because Liam's great at mouth stuff, and you'll never find out. So smoke that. Smoke that. Yeah. That'll teach you. Mouth stuff. He's great at mouth stuff. Smoke that, Karen. Smoke that. Uh, Karen's missing out, man. While you were gone, Eddie Pence, my lovely wife, Carrie Watson Garmin, stepped in and uh, filled your huge shoes. No, not that big. And we talked about a bunch of stuff last week, including a documentary that's being made about Lorena Bobbitt and the John Wayne Bobbitt case. Oh, yeah. You remember Lorena. I do. I do. She was the woman who chopped off her husband's penis. Yes. Became a national sensation. <laughs> Jordan Peele has a documentary where they go back and they re-interview both of them and talk about the case and what they, they say it really kind of gets to the meat of what truly happened in that situation. Ugh. It's called Bobbit. It's going to be on Valentine's Day on Netflix or oh, Amazon. What a nice time yeah, that's, I thought it was romantic. Beautiful. Anyway, this gentleman was inspired and called in. Hey, Ralph. Uh, it's Parker here. Do you know what Jeffrey Dahmer said to Lorraine about it? You eat that? I love you. I mean it. Bye. 
Going to eat that, is what he said. People calling leaving jokes now on the Ralph Report hotline. You going to eat that, he said? It's not bad. No, it's not bad. It's not a it's bad good. one. It's a good one. We also were celebrating Hot Toddy Day while you were gone, Eddie. We uh, did Holiday or Holiday, and Hot Toddy Day came Hot up. Hot Toddy. Yes. Hot Toddy was invented in Scotland in the 1700s by a doctor as a remedy for uh, colds, flu, congestion, that kind of thing. I think it's uh, ginger and lemon and a cinnamon stick and some sort of booze, and it's heated up, and it's supposed to help I'm sure you. it just opens up everything. I would well, imagine. like I told my wife, it doesn't really probably cure anything, no, but, but you don't give a shit yeah. because you're half-loaded by <laughs> you're the time drunk. you're done drinking it. Uh, well, you remember uh, Craig from Kennel of Rats? I do. He called back, and he's drunk, and he's <laughs> he got, he's got something again. to say about the hot toddy. Oh, hey, Ralph. It's Craig again. On a side note, uh, hot toddy... Not nearly as good as eggnog. Um, <laughs> then that's it. You can at that. Right? <laughs> what was that? that? When did we start worrying about <laughs> Craig, as you remember, loves uh, eggnog and brandy. Not a fan of the hot toddy. And then, at the end there, I'm sitting in that. I, I've been trying to decode it now for 24 hours. Have we got any other sort of message from him? Do we know if that was the end? I Here, one more time, is Craig. Oh, hey, Ralph. It's Craig again. On a side note, uh, hot toddy, not nearly as good as eggnog. Um, then that's it. You can leave it at that. <laughs> I had an accident in a Learjet. <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. One more time. One more time. Oh, hey, Ralph. Hey, Ralph. On a side note, uh, hot toddy, yeah. not nearly as good as eggnog. Um, then that's it. You can leave it at that. I got an... You might want to internet that. But, oh, maybe. <laughs> you might want to internet that. You might want to internet that. <laughs> Craig, brother, take a break. Eat a radish. Yeah, eat some radish. And take a break. Asian pear juice. Give your liver a break. <laughs> Speaking of return callers, God damn you, Eddie Pence, right to hell. <laughs> damn you. God damn, Eddie, God damn, Eddie. Fuck you, Eddie. I told you when you started talking about the guy who masturbates in the bathtub. Oh, no. Did you were going to, you were going to inspire him to call back again? Oh, you no. son of a bitch. I'm sorry. I'm you asked, so sorry. Oh, what's he do? Does he hang his legs over the side of the tub? Well, now oh. we're going to get in painful uh, no. detail oh. exactly how he lays in the tub. I hope you're happy. I'm not. Okay. Last clarification just for Eddie. My legs are straight. I'm not a tall man. Uh, so sometimes, you know, I'm sitting straight up. If I'm laying all the way down, kind of put my feet against the opposite wall. Uh, at the at the end, kind of turk curl the toes. So I'm pressing against the wall, you know. Uh, oh, that will be it. You probably won't hear from me again. No, we probably will. Because <laughs> Eddie will have some more questions. No, I, all my questions are answered. What does he use? Conditioner? What does he use? Is well, that's some, a true. Is Crisco? It? What's he use? An olive oil? What kind of lubricant is he does using? Does he bring a lotion in? Or is, I mean, you use shampoo. It's going to dry you out. For fuck's sake. <laughs> it will, and it can get in the hole and burn. You know, uh, we often <laughs> do the research for you when you have questions about idioms, phrases. Where did they come from? What are the sources of these everyday phrases that we all use, but very few of us know the derivation or origin of? However, you know, we have the jingle, right? Yeah. And a lot of people, Eddie, have been complaining about the jingle, saying it throws them off when they listen to it. Here's right. the call. I'll give you an example. Hey, Ralph. Alfonso, four-star general. 
Yeah, man, I don't know if you notice this, but I notice this every single time you play the, uh, the idiom song, the where did it come from. But is that cowbell off? Because, you know, I'm a drummer just like you. Well, I'm serious. <laughs> Fuck you, Eddie. I'm a drummer. And, and the timing, I, I swear there's just, it's a little bit off. And, it, and it, I can catch it every single time, and it bugs me. From one drummer to another, can you just listen to it? Let me know if you agree. Thanks, Ralph. Love you. Mean it. Bye. A lot of people have complained about this, saying at the start of the intro, the cowbell that's keeping time is off with the rhythm of the rest of the song, and it's making people nuts every time they Uh hear it. So I thought we'd take a listen, and I I think maybe they're right at the very beginning. It seems a little out of sync, or maybe it's trying to be syncopated or something. I can't tell what's going on, but it is a little off. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Oh, I guess it is. So what I did was I just trimmed it down to the to the vocals. It seems to catch up by the time the vocals yeah. kick in. So see, listen to this new version and see if everyone can relax and enjoy it. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Oh, I that works, yeah, right? Yeah, it catches up by that point. Yeah, yeah, by then we're good. So I hope everyone who has OCD about that particular theme song now can relax. That'll be our new version. You guys should get together and have a drum jam session. We should, because all the drummers all you get together and have a drum off. Speaking of where did it come from, Sean has a question. This is a good one. Hey, Ralph. My name's Sean. I was calling to ask if you could tell me why, like how the, the phrase Dukes came to mean hands like he played that clip from pat benatar song on thursday yeah she says put up your dukes why do we call them dukes thanks bye put up your dukes and let's get down to it is the line from the pat benatar song he was talking about that's an interesting question put up your dukes or to duke it out when did fists start being called dukes that is interesting well this is a fascinating one this is one of the reasons i do this segment for shit like this because i had no idea until i did a deep dive into put up your dukes where it comes from it's fascinating our pal steve ashton will love this by the way because the origin of put up your dukes comes from cockney rhyming slang now cockney rhyming slang for those who don't know and uh, steve did a bit on this when we did ask a brit uh, Cockney rhyming slang is a colloquial way of speaking in the East End of London where they will use a phrase that rhymes with what they're talking about. Yeah. So, uh, all right, my old China plate. Yeah. China plate means mate yeah. because it rhymes with plate. They actually cover that in uh, Mary Poppins Returns. They oh, do, do they, they really? They a song about it. Yeah. There you go. Um, apples, and sta- uh, apples and pears is yeah. your stairs. Uh, boat race is your face, so it's that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So the derivation of put up your dukes comes from Cockney rhyming slang, not only in the UK, but also in New York back in the mid-19th century. Now, you're gonna, you are gonna have to follow me on this, but put up your dukes comes from your duke, which is your fist, which is short for the Duke of York. Now, what does that rhyme with fist? Well, I'm not done yet. <laughs> Also, in slang in the UK, your hand was known as your fork because you used it to eat Evil. food or to, to, to pick stuff up with or whatever. Sense. So yeah. hands were also known as forks. Okay. So get your forks off my food Duke meant get your hands off my off food. So the, the euphemism for 
hand was fork. And so Duke of York became the rhyming slang. And then they shortened it to Duke. So when you put up your Dukes, wow. you're putting up your hands. It's a long way to get there. It, it was really That's a long a way real to get there. a long way to get there. But it caught on, and we still use it today. The first time it's seen uh, written down is in 1859 in a book by a guy named Samuel E. Chamberlain. He was writing his memoir, and he was talking about getting into, his fu- into a fight. And here's the sentence, which is spectacular. He said, I landed a stinger on his potato trap, <laughs> meaning his mouth, with my left duke drawing the claret, which is a kind of wine, but it's a red wine, so that the claret is blood. the blood. Wow. Sending him to the grass. Wow. That means knocking him out. So. I love that sentence. <laughs> I landed a stinger on his potato trap with my left duke, drawing the claret and sending him to the grass. Oh, it's a poem. So it's the first time we've seen that written down in uh, 1859, and that's where we get dukes from. Amazing. You are going to entertain so many people at with parties. That, or bore the piss out of them. <laughs> with that piece of information. You're going to be the life of your social circle, <laughs> and you have us to thank for it. So that is where it comes from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? Now it's time to take a look at the big calendar that hangs here in the Batcave. We take a look at all the holidays associated with this day, January 14th. Not all of them are acceptable to us, however, so we will say yes or no, depending on whether we back the holiday or not. It's a segment called Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or Holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. Today, January 14th, is National Dress Up Your Pet Day. God damn it, don't you fucking do this. Pets don't need to wear clothes. You hear me? This is unequivocal. This is, I'm not moving off this one inch. I don't want to get your emails. I don't want to get your, but my dog loves it. My cat loves hats. You go right to hell. Animals do not like being put in clothes, period. I don't care if it's a bird or a gerbil or a guinea pig or what your pet is, and your pet is different. No. Olivia's never dressed up Reggie? No, we don't do it because you know why? Because Reggie's a dog, and dogs don't wear clothes. God damn it. This is this is the problem with America in a nutshell. Oh, you're so anti it. It's ridiculous it's so because it's I around Halloween, I start to get high blood pressure because everyone's putting pictures up. It's like, well, my dog loves it when we make him a clown. No, he doesn't. And you see that dog's got a look on his face like it just if I had the chance, I'd rip your throat out right now. Even that one though, where it's just the front, where it looks like the leg, the, oh, their legs are sake. human legs, and they have like they're holding like a little barbell with the fake arm. Here we go. This day was created as a special day for your pets to celebrate them, and also to support the pet fashion community. Oh, that's you huge. go fuck yourself, pet fashion community. <laughs> Here's some tips, by the way, for dress up your pet day. Be sure it fits. Restricting movement or the ability to breathe can cause injury or illness. Hey. I wonder how we could avoid that. Oh, here's here's a solution. Don't dress up your fucking pets. Many pets like to chew. Avoid loose or dangling pieces of clothing, which can cause choking hazards for your pets. Oh, how can we avoid the pet choking on his fucking uh, Batman costume? Hey, don't put him in a Batman costume. How about a Robin costume? And you're oh, in a Batman for costume. For fuck's sake. You it's, can do a whole podcast on this, I think. It's infuriating it's one of my goddamn it, hot points can't tell it's <laughs> really really well i feel for the animals and these are the people by the way the people who dress up their animals are all almost always 
animal activists. They're like, you know, we got to, tr- we're PETA and we got to protect our pets and we got to treat them better than we treat each other and all this goddamn bullshit. Well, here, do, do the dog a favor. Let him not wear clothes. Even if it's really cold, don't throw a sweater on him. Son of a bitch. That's the other answer, too. It's like, well, it's freezing out, so he's got he's to gotta put on a coat. What about his shoes? The How about hot. the coat that grows out of his skin called fur? How's that for a coat? Get me started. So mad. It's too late. <laughs> national Clean Off Your Desk Day. Today's National Clean Off Your Desk Day. Do you I, need to do that? I got to do that. Do I got a messy desk. I think a messy desk is a sign of a creative mind. It's brilliant. However, there is something that feels really good about going through it and throwing out all the crap you don't need and getting things nice and tidy and organized once in a while. It feels good to purge. Yeah, it makes you feel like you want to sit down and do something. And yeah. then you sit there, you're like, I don't have anything to do. Right. So, uh,. <laughs> But clean up your desk yeah, day. Clean it off. Absolutely. And uh, we, unless your desk is covered with pet clothes. <laughs> unless you're designing pet clothes. Keep it cluttered. Today's ratification day. Oh, good old ratification day. This is the day on January 14th, 1784, that we finally officially ended the American Revolution. It was 18, It was 1784 before we ended the American Revolution. So Everyone we thinks 1776, boom, just we were a we country. We declared our independence. We declared it right. Then we had to fight for then it. We had and to then fight it for had it. Had officially happened. It didn't happen until almost a whole decade later. Wow, that's crazy. Crazy, right? So uh, on this day in the Maryland State House in Annapolis, Maryland, we established the United States as a sovereign entity. We Not were Philadelphia. Our own Not took Philadelphia. It, they took it from Philly. I think uh, it had to be near uh, a major port or something because the, they had to get everyone to sign the Treaty of Paris. I think it was called. If I remember my history yeah. correctly, it's the Sokovia Accords. I think. I don't believe that's the case at all. <laughs> and you know, I leave the food-related holidays for the end of this segment because it's always fun to see whether Eddie Pence is going to eat something or not. This is this should be an interesting one. I have no oh. idea how this one's going to go. The ball spin. Uh, you know what we're going to do today? We're going we're gonna to pull out the uh, slot machine. Oh. We're going to pull out the slot machine. Today's special holiday is dedicated to a sandwich. Not just any sandwich, but it is hot pastrami sandwich day. Yes, the pastrami sandwich, usually made of beef, sometimes pork or turkey. But pastrami was originally created as a way to preserve meat before modern refrigeration. Here's how you make pastrami. You get the raw meat, you place it in brine, Then you partially dry it, you season it with various herbs and spices, you smoke it, and then you steam it. Then you put it on some rye bread at a deli and just eat it up. Yum. It is originally of Romanian descent. Romanian Jewish immigration into the United States created pastrami, and in New York especially, they started serving it back in 1887 was the first pastrami sandwich served to the good citizens of New York City. Okay, get your bets in. I'm going to pull the Eddie Pence eating slot machine since he was just in Vegas. We're going to see... Let's see what happens. Uh, uh. Oh, no payout. No, Eddie no, Pence. No, no hot pastrami sandwich no. for you. No, no, no. What's wrong with pastrami? I don't like I don't like what they do to the meat. It's too much to the meat. It's don't, too much it's, to doing, the meat. You're doing too much to the meat. I don't like it. What, making it delicious? Yeah. Have no. you had a pastrami sandwich? I have. I've taken a bite of a pastrami sandwich. With some mustard on there, yeah, or no. maybe a Reuben with uh, oh, no. sauerkraut. No. no. And oh. <laughs> thousand, thousand is, Island dressing. Sauerkraut is so disgusting. Oh, Eddie oh. Pence. No. You're just... No pastrami. No. I've tried it. I do not like it. Well, if you... Uh, it's too much to the meat. You don't like dressing up a dog. I don't want to do that much to the dog meat. <laughs> it's not dog it meat. It tastes like dog meat. If you bet that Eddie Pence would eat pastrami, then no. then you're the Ugh. big loser. Crowd. No. Let me pull that handle one more time. Just... 
Oh, oh, nothing. nothing. I heard that nothing. sound a lot in Vegas. Did you play? Did you gamble? I did a little slot machine. I know machine. you have a bit of a gambling problem. I didn't take any cash. Oh, that's the, smart. So well, I, how'd you play a slot machine? My buddy then? threw 20 bucks in the slot machine, and we stood there and kept pressing the button for an hour. And was away. it a quarter? What was it? It's a quarter slot. Quarter slots? <laughs> yeah. I was tempted with the blackjack table. I was like, oh, I really want to play. Yeah. I really want to play. No luck. Huh? No luck. I didn't take any cash. What I was, was the machine? Do you remember? Was it any like theme? Like, have so many theme um, machines. Yeah, it was, uh, it was. I always uh, play the bat. They have a Batman machine. It was Willy Wonka. It was Willy Wonka. Oh, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka one. That's a good one. Yeah, it was pretty was good. it one where the chair vibrates when the uh, glass elevator takes off? No. Oh, you got to play the Oh, they full- have one where yeah. the. Yeah. I didn't know that. They, they have one where you sit down, and when you get three glass elevators or something, the chair starts really? to shake like you're taking off. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't fun. see that one. It was just a regular standalone Willy Wonka, and they had, you know, you get Oompa Loompas across. Instead of bars, you get Oompa Loompas. And then when you lose, he says, Good day, sir! Good day! You get nothing! You, get nothing. you lose, sir! <laughs> and you gotta walk away. Anyway, that was today's Holiday or Holiday. Holiday. All right, let's take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call The Showbiz Beat. On Mondays, we like to take a look at the box office numbers to see what people went to see in theaters over the weekend. Surprise number one this week, beating out Aquaman, knocking it out of the top after a three-week reign, is The Upside, a comedy starring Bryan Cranston and Kevin Hart, where Bryan Cranston is paralyzed and Kevin Hart takes a job as his assistant. I've seen the preview for it. Did you? I saw the preview, but I didn't think it was like, I didn't think it was... I didn't I, want to see it after seeing the preview. I said this last week. I think I have Kevin Hart fatigue. I think the nation might have Kevin Hart fatigue. Well, apparently not, Eddie, because apparently it's number I, one at the box office with $19.5 million, a surprise hit for the upside. So congratulations, I, I guess. guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to see it. I saw the preview. I was like, I don't want to see this. Yeah. It looks, It's. I mean, those kind of films have kind of become formulaic at this point. Yeah. Where it's just, uh, well, you know, they're kind of mismatched. They're an odd couple, and I bet they grow to love each other. Yeah, Brian Cranston learns other. an important, important lesson about life and love, and just, yeah, I got I got. Didn't no Will interest. Smith and Kevin James do this movie about dancing? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Aquaman was number two, however, at the box office with another $17.2 million. Then A Dog's Way Home came in at number three. You know who went to see that? A lot of people who dress up their fucking dogs. That's who went to see that movie. $11.3 million. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was four. So good. Yeah. Such a good movie. I'm hearing that. I have not seen it yet, but uh, it's on my list. Escape Room, number five. Mary Poppins Returns. We are just talking about that. was number six. Bumblebee at number seven. On the basis of sex, that new Ruth Bader Ginsburg film made $6.2 million, making it number eight. The Mule at number nine. And Vice was number 10 at the box office this weekend. Bad news for actor Tom Sizemore. He was arrested on drug possession over the weekend. Shocking. Or as what is known to Tom Sizemore, it's Monday. <laughs> he was arrested in Burbank on misdemeanor drug possession charges. He was pulled over by the Burbank Police Department for not having current registration. Oh, if you're going to drive around with your drugs, you got to make sure your tags are up to date. Yeah. You don't want to get pulled over for your sticker being no. there. You want to get pulled over because you're swerving or you're driving like a crazy person. Right. Not for something like that. That's a technicality. So they searched his vehicle, and there, don't you know it, they found some meth and some Xanax. Meth. Yeah. Now, look, in, in Tom Sizemore's defense, you need the Xanax to come down off the meth. Yeah, that's the only reason the Xanax is there. Right. If you get all whacked out of your head on meth and you're all jumpy, you need to take a or Xanax maybe he so needs you can the relax. Meth to wake him up from the Xanax. Either way. It's chocolate and peanut butter. It's two great tastes that taste great together. So you can't expect him to have one without the other. 
Yeah, he had, was out on $1,000 bail. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Tom Sizemore, very talented character actor, but has had a long, yes. arduous battle with uh, drug addiction. And I don't mean to make fun. Well, obviously, I do mean to make fun because I just did. <laughs> but at the same time, he, he's obviously got, battling demons, this guy. He and needs I, some friends. He's, but he's got friends. He's had help. He's done multiple stints in yeah. rehab. Some guys just don't want to get yeah. well. If you don't want to get well, there's nothing anybody so can do. So I hope that changes for him. Speaking of guys who don't want to get well, Kanye West <sighs> is in the news. You know, he pulled out of Coachella. He was supposed to be the headliner at Coachella. Really? But he pulled out, and now we know why. Over the weekend, news broke that on January 1st, just two days before Coachella co-founder Paul Tollett was set to announce Kanye as one of the star's headliners, West sprung a last-minute surprise on the concert promoter. He asked him to construct a giant, custom-built dome in the middle of the festival grounds. He didn't want to perform on the main stage. He wanted a giant dome built in the middle of the event for his performance. He wanted his own stage. Yes. Not just his own stage, but a giant dome that would be designed by himself and his set designer, John McGuire, and it would rearrange the entire festival site and, more importantly, remove a large section of the portable bathrooms. And that's when the promoter said, yeah, we kind of need the bathrooms more than uh, we need you. So they canceled his appearance. Who does that? Who to- why do people tolerate him at all? Like, what does he bring that's so great that's worth whatever he brings? He has said he's a genius for so long, I think some people actually believe him. Even if he is a genius, it's not worth putting up with that. Well, obviously it isn't. Coachella it's said, insane. go pound sand. Yeah, good. good. They said, uh, you're not going to perform here. Smoke that. Smoke that. That's what they said to him. <laughs> So he won't Still be Still internet that. That's right. Speaking of bad people and concerts, R. Kelly has been refused a permit to perform in Illinois. He was going to do a concert in Springfield, Illinois, that was going to be hosted by him. And they said, we're not going to give you a permit for it. And this is in the wake of those sexual misconduct allegations that have been leveled against him in many states, including Illinois. In fact, recently, cops showed up at the Chicago Trump Tower, which is where R. Kelly lives. How perfect is that, by the way? Oh, my God. And they were interviewing some women who were said to be held against their will. So uh, all the legal troubles that are following R. Kelly around is making it difficult for him to perform, except, however, in Germany. He just did a popular concert in Germany, which apparently they'll, they'll go for they'll anything. They'll go for anything. Well, look, they invented World War II for God's sake. They did it and won, didn't they? Oh, yeah, that's right. One was theirs, too. They do good work when it comes to wars. <laughs> they really got it down. Here's some good news. If you're a fan of Coming to America, the Eddie Murphy film, they are finally getting around to Coming in America 2, the did sequel. Did Coming in America? Did I say Coming in America? You did say Coming in That's actually that a That was porno. the porn parody version of it. Coming to America <laughs> 2, the sequel to the popular Eddie Murphy film, is already in the works. Why so soon, I ask? I don't know. Why are they following up I'm so in. quickly <laughs> after the first cool one? For a little bit. It was like 30 years ago? Seriously, how long ago was the first one? I think it was 80s, 30 years 80s, ago. 88, I think. Something like that. Anyway, they've got a director on board. His name is Craig Brewer, and he just worked with Eddie Murphy in My Name is Dolomite, which is the story about... I can't uh, wait to see that movie. Uh, Dolomite and uh, who was the guy? who uh, Rudy Ray Moore. Rudy Ray played Moore. Dolomite as well. And they had such a good time working together that they are going to work together again on Coming to America 2. Are you a fan of that film? I am. I, I read the kind of synopsis. I think this one, he comes back to America looking for his long-lost son yeah. to regain the kingdom. That's or something the premise. Like that. So I don't know who it's going to be playing his son, but it's if it's who? Kevin Hart, 
I'm gonna oh, fucking take somebody oh, fingers out. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I can't. I can't let that happen. But remember this. Good morning, my neighbors. Hey, fuck you. Yes. Yes. Fuck you too. I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna top that <laughs> moment for me in that film. Kenya Barris from Blackish is going to be writing the script. So well, uh, it was so people on, it was on board. Fish out of water. But he's grown in those 30 years, and he's been there, but I don't know right. how you do he's, fish out of water He's been in again. the water. He's a fish in the water. That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you repeat that when, I don't know, that seems weird. I just hope he puts on a lot of makeup uh, and plays a lot of different characters. <laughs> like a fat suit would be nice. I hope Arsenio Hall's back it's in the barbershop. A lot of fart jokes. This, I guarantee you, will not hold up to the original. I can't imagine. You're right. The premise just doesn't sustain a second film. It doesn't. They're going to be hard-pressed. But what? maybe they'll prove us wrong. Congratulations to actor Tom Hardy and his wife Charlotte Riley. They have a new baby, and by all accounts, they have named him after one of Tom Hardy's favorite fictional movie characters. Oh. Bane. They didn't. No, I'm oh, kidding. Oh Wouldn't that be great, God. though? Hello, little son. That's better. So than, good to have you in your family. Better than Venom. Uh, that's true, Venom. Little Venom Hardy. <laughs> no, he loves Forrest Gump. The Tom Hanks okay. film. And so they've named their son Forrest. Oh, my son's middle name is Forrest. Really? Yeah. After Forrest Gump? No, after my great my grandfather, Forrest Gump. And then it has nothing to do with the story. <laughs> no, it there, does, does not. It? Except the same Forrest. name. Run, Forrest, run! <laughs> so congratulations to those two. And Megan Kelly now is officially an ex-employee of NBC. You know, uh, they canceled her show back in October of last year. Yeah. Remember that famous Halloween, that Halloween show where she said, uh, you know, what's wrong with blackface? What's wrong with a little blackface? Do it all the time. Oy. So she was on the Today Show. They canceled that segment. So they've still been paying her the whole time, trying to figure out what her exit deal will be to get her to go away. How about you're fired? You don't well, get paid anymore. It did not happen. They uh, did their negotiations, and it turns out she's going to get paid off on her contract, Jesus. which she was signed to through 2020, early 2020. Oh my God. So she's going to get another year's worth of salary. But she's also a free agent and can go anywhere she wants. I swear. I wish someone would pay me to not work. I, I would love to be paid to not work. Wouldn't that be nice? Entertainment and the NFL, you fell upwards more than any other profession. It's true. It's they insane. They give you the boot, and then they give you a big pile of money. That's crazy. Most people, when you get fired, you're just out on your own. <laughs> you start losing your mind, like, how am I going to have to pay for my house and not in the entertainment business? You know what she's getting per year, by the way? You know what she's going to get over the next calendar year for not working at NBC? A million bucks, two million Twenty bucks. million no, dollars, shut Eddie the Pence. Fuck up. <laughs> That's what she's making per oh, year. My. She had a three-year deal for $20 million a year. So she's just getting 20, 25, 30 million not to do anything for the next year. She'll get 20. Two years. She'll get 20. Seven, between 17 and 20 million dollars. That's insane. So that's what she gets. And she'll probably get a job right away someplace sure, else. Sure, she, she'll probably so go back to Fox. A, she'll double dip someplace. She'll probably go back to Fox. Yeah, that's bad. This is good, however. They are going to honor the late, great Penny Marshall with a 12 hour marathon of Laverne and Shirley. At the Gary Marshall Theater. You know the Gary Marshall yeah. Theater there in Burbank? Right across from Bob's Big Boy. Used to be known as the Falcon. Yeah. Gary Marshall founded it as a nonprofit theater in order to do original comedies. He wanted to use it sort of as a workshop where playwrights would get a chance to put their acts, yeah. uh, their uh, their plays up. He was a big fan of helping writers find their voice and find their audience. And he used to pull big names to a lot of famous people who would perform there because he was friends with a lot yeah. of people. So the Gary Marshall Theater was changed the name to Gary Marshall after he passed, and they're going to be doing a 12-hour marathon 
of Laverne and Shirley episodes, including all of Penny Marshall's favorite episodes. And it's just been announced that Cindy Williams will be there to host oh, as well. That's so cool. it'll be a nice send off for really her, cool. her friend and co-star. So if you're a fan of Laverne and Shirley and you happen to be in the Southern California area, you can check it out for yourself on January 27th. That's a Sunday. Oh, it's just a couple weeks away. You can go there. It starts at 10 a.m. and goes all the way to 10 p.m. It's a lot of Laverne and Shirley, 12 yeah. hours. Dip your head in for about an hour. But if or you're two a fan <laughs> and you want to see Cindy Williams, then you can go and check that out. All right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on this January 14th. R&B singer Clarence Carter is 83 years old today. I love this guy. Sort of in the mold of Otis Redding, Sam Cooke, that kind of singer. Never got the acclaim that those other guys did, but had hits over like three decades. Started in the 60s. Then in the 70s, he had a song called Patches, which was a big hit. Then in the 80s, he had a song called Strokin'. I'm strokin' to the east and I'm strokin' to the west. Very dirty song that was a hit. But uh, his big hit in 1968 was a song called Slip Away. Can you slip away? If you're a fan of R&B, check out Clarence Carter if you don't know him. You'll like his music. Uh, actress Faye Dunaway is 78 years old today. What's she best known for, you think? Bonnie and Clyde? I would think Bonnie and Clyde. Network, maybe? I would still say Bonnie and Clyde. She was a big Clyde. movie star yeah, back in the huge. day. Yeah, she was huge. Bonnie and Clyde was massive. 78 years old today. Singer Jack Jones is 81. Jack Jones was a crooner, kind of in the uh, the mold of, I guess, of like a Sinatra or uh, Engelbert Humperdinck or yep. one of those guys in the 60s and 70s. Had some small hits. His biggest hit, however, was a TV theme song. Love. Yeah. Exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. Back to you. will be making The love promises something for everyone. Oh, yeah. So they were playing two, I think. Ted Stryker was escaping the mental health hospital. He's outside the wall and the spotlights are everywhere. And he runs by him just singing the love boat in the That's spotlight. Right. Oh, it kills me. Uh, actress Holland Taylor from Two and a Half Men and Bosom Buddies and The Practice. She's 76 years old today. Actor Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed himself, is 71 years old. Rapper LL Cool J is 51. Well, he's, he used to be a rapper. He's not really a rapper anymore. Now he is a mediocre actor on a uh, procedural drama. And TV host, right? And a TV host, yeah. When did the rappers start to get in cuddly? I it, don't know. It happens to a lot of them. They come out of the shoot being a badass, and eventually they're like, 
hosting reality shows, and Snoop's kind of like I mean, the your lovable stoned uncle now. Ice-T did an album called Cop Killer, right? Right, and now, now he, he plays, plays a cop, cop. On, on he SVU. Made a, he made most of his money playing a cop. LL Cool J's on NCIS Los Angeles, I think, yeah. with Chris O'Donnell. Anyway, back in the day, <laughs> he would knock you the fuck out. Yeah, he would. I'm gonna knock you out. Uh. I don't think that's very good parenting, by no. the way, for a mother to recommend that her young son knock someone Mama else out. Mama told me to do this. Mothers should be trying to steer their children away from violence, not towards Mama it. told me not to come. That's right. That would be better. Your mom is protecting you. She told you not to go to that party. This mother's telling him to knock somebody out. It's bad mommy right there. Actress Emily Watson's 52 years old. Jason Bateman turns 50. Singer-guitarist Caleb Followill of Kings of Leon is 37 years old. Kevin Durand, the very talented actor out of Canada from Lost and Fruitvale Station. He also played the Blob in uh, Wolverine Origins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a good actor. That's a bad movie. The bad movie, but he's a good actor. No, he's a good actor. 45 years old today. Speaking of good actors, actor Grant Gustin, who plays The Flash over there in the CW. He is 29 years old today. And lastly, Dave Grohl, my buddy from Foo Fighters and Nirvana, is celebrating his 50th birthday today. I know I keep promising Dave's going to be on the show and he's going to sit down with an interview. It is going to happen, I promise you. We've talked about it. It's in the works. But it turns out Dave Grohl is kind of a busy fellow. So it's kind of hard to nail him down and get a free hour of his time to do the interview. But we're going to make it work. I promise. Someday. Someday. It gives you a reason to stay subscribed to the Rob Report. I'll just dangle that carrot at the end for just as long as I can keep you coming along. I promise. This year, for sure. Hopefully in the next couple months, me and Dave Grohl are going to sit down. In the meanwhile, happy birthday. Damn, he's good. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday, Dave. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And speaking of interviews, my special celebrity guest this week is the enormously talented and just a sweetheart of a guy, Bobby Moynihan. He is a, a fellow nerd, big comic book fan. We've got that in common. In fact, uh, you'll hear in this interview, the, the only other time we ever crossed paths in person was at the San Diego Comic-Con on the floor of the con. We ran into each other, oh, nice. had a chance to chat. He is enormously talented, a very sweet man, and has some great stories to tell. Here is the first chapter of my interview with Bobby Moynihan. The best part about this job is sometimes you get to meet people that you're huge fans of, 
And such is the case with my guest today, Bobby Moynihan. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank sir. you for having me. I'm a fan as well. This is a, a wonderful day. To the best of my knowledge, this is only the second time we've ever met physically in person. Correct. I, I believe the first time was at Comic-Con, right? Yes. I, I have seen you before, but I didn't. Through my window? Pro- yeah, correct. You're an odd I, man, I, Bob. I hide a lot. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, I had seen you before. I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, and I had, I had a couple events or just different things I'd seen you around, but never, never gotcha. approached. But I was walking across the floor of Comic-Con, and I hear Ralph, and I turned around, and it's Bobby Moynihan, <laughs> he's talking to me. And I said, I love this guy. He's uh, he's one of my favorite things on SNL, and I've been a fan for so long, and now That's it's awesome. such a pleasure to sit down with you. Yeah, him. very much so. We're going to try to look over your entire career in about an hour. I know you're a little <laughs> pressed for time, so it's not going to be easy, but... We could do it in three minutes. Stay with me. <laughs> um, SNL and some other stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> I see I'm always interested being a comic book nerd, and I know you are too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I do these sit-downs, for me, the origin story is always much more interesting than the stuff everybody knows about. Uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm always wondering how a kid from Eastchester gets, first of all, the inclination that this is what he wants to do and then ends up on SNL. We'll deal with all the stuff yeah, everybody I knows found about. a magical amulet. Oh, did you? <laughs> By a it's dying a very, spaceman. It's a very deep, very deep, <laughs> twisted backstory. Eastchester, which in my opinion, no, no offense, <laughs> the I greatest place is on the, earth, is the lesser known of the Chesters. <laughs> correct, correct. Westchester well, gets all the glory. Eastchester <laughs> is sucking hind tit, as for, they used to say. For back 42 in the day. years, people ask me, where do you live? And I say, Westchester, or Eastchester, and they say, where's that? And I say Westchester, and then and then everyone gets very angry, and I have and I sit there and let them because <laughs> I don't care anymore. It's an Abbott and Costello routine. Yeah. All of a uh, and but people that's go, the "Are you serious?" And I go, "No, yeah, no, I made it up. I made it up to be awesome." That's the Burbs, right? Yeah. Basically. Uh, it, yeah. It it you like we I always say like Eastchester, Tuckahoe. Uh, Scarsdale, Nurishell, like there was all high schools. They were in within a minute walking distance from each other. <laughs> like essentially, like I went to seven proms. Like it was essentially just like one big town. Oh like, right, it's just yeah, right past the Bronx Yankee Stadium. You know, you go to Rochelle. Nice houses and grass. Dick Van Dyke show when I hear that name. Oh yeah, th- where, there you go. That's yeah. where Dick Van Dyke. That's where my dad's liquor store was for many years. <laughs> um, so it's it's a fairly middle class upbringing, I'm assuming. Yeah, we were. My dad owned a liquor store. My mom worked Your in the town. Dad owned a liquor store. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't drink until after college. Really? Yeah. That, well, that's why. <laughs> you didn't want to get into the family business. Oh God, yeah. No, no, I did. I, I worked there for many years, rapping. I, I can rap anything, by the way. <laughs> I've wrapped every type of bottle, box, anything. I, I'm why do you need to rap stuff things. coming out of a liquor store? Um, New Year's and Christmas. Oh, that's all I, I did. Fifteen-year-old Bobby rapping gifts in a in a stock room. <laughs> Dude, there's a sitcom just <laughs> waiting to happen there. <laughs> So dad owned the store. It was mom a stay-at-home mom? Uh, no, she worked uh, t- a tax assessor. She worked across the street at the town hall. It was a ta- tax assessor. I'm, I should give out my address, right? That's a smart thing to do. <laughs> so you're a kid <laughs> growing up in Eastchester, wrapping bottles of Chivas for the holidays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How does it even creep into your brain that oh, you know what I'd like to do? I think I'd like to be an actor, or I'd like to be a comedian, or I'd like... I mean, I don't know what the dream was when it first happened. I, I guess, I think I was... Uh, when I was a kid, my mom used to call me Watch Me, because that's all I said. <laughs> and I think uh, everyone at the at the country... I worked at Lake Isle, it was a pool, like a country club. like a. It sounds fancy with country club, it wasn't... It was a pool. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, 
everyone would call me watch me because I would just scream watch me and like dive off the board. Everyone hated me, I think. But uh, I was a precocious little boy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I was a fan of like comedy and SNL as a kid. And like, I don't think I ever was like, when I was real young, I did a lot of um, uh, uh, summer theater in, our, in my town. Like a lot of me and my buddies did... They did tech and I was like in the show. And then like five years in, they were like, we want to be in the show too. <laughs> and That's like the they, fun part. Yeah, it was, it was actually, but like, so it was a group of 20 close friends who all did plays like all year round. And, wow. and I also played ice hockey. So I was getting up at 5 a.m., going to ice hockey practice, going to school, and then going to do damn Yankees <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> what position on the ice? Uh, right wing for a while. And then... Uh, and then defense when I got bigger. <laughs> my only regret in life, well, that's not true. One of my many regrets in life, I'll fix that in post, uh, <laughs> is I didn't play ice hockey because I'm yeah. such a huge fan. And I fe- it feels like I could have, listen to me, this is, this is an old man talking. I feel like I could have been okay enough to have enjoyed playing that sport. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that was my problem was I enjoyed it rather than uh, treated it as a sport. I really loved skating. I was a good skater. I rollerbladed a lot. But I played ice hockey throughout high school. And But, like, there was no, like, I got to win bone in my body. Like, it wasn't like we got to win this game. Oh, I was right. just like, I'll go out there and skate. I would joke around. I was an, it, it was an asshole. I would. You know, that's how I felt about my friends who do stand-up, too. I dabbled in stand-up for a minute. And I was like... These guys are so hungry, love it, and are living and breathing it. And I just got up there and fucked around, and I felt like I yeah. was sort of... I would hide, literally hide chicken nuggets in my glove. And then <laughs> during face-offs, I would take a chicken nugget out and eat it. And they'd be like, what? And I would like win a face Like I literally was like, instead of using <laughs> sports strategy, I was using like cartoon like Wiley Coyote strategy. Yeah, like, I think your I was an future idiot. was already mapped out. I don't know how you. I made it to 40. Uh, we the Islanders fan or uh, Rangers? Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. yeah. I used to go watch them practice at Playland and wow. all that stuff. So now you're doing damn Yankees after hockey <laughs> practice. You're doing the shows. You're, you're goofing around. A lot of musical theater. Yeah. yeah. Then I uh, went to college. Went what to was your music. favorite musical that you ever did? Oh, boy. That's a good one. Um, Anything Goes, maybe. I played Moonface a couple times. I was wow. like the only kid in Eastchester or in Westchester that could tap dance. <laughs> uh, I took tap for a little while. My sister was a like a dancer. And You're a triple threat. No. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I thought I could sing and do that stuff. And, and then my wife is a Broadway singer. Oh, and I went, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I can't. Yeah. No, I can't at all. <laughs> Once you see the real I'm a much better it. tap dancer than I am singer. And that's not saying much. Uh, so you're doing all the shows. You go on to college, right? You go yeah. to University of Connecticut. Yep, you can. At, uh, at this point, do you have you already made the decision that this is what you want to do with your life, or is that come I later? I think it was that. I think that was kind of the half decision. Was like we were there was no way we were paying for college. There was, so it was like there was no way that was happening. So I went like, well, why don't we just? Why don't I just go to? go there and see, see what happens and like go, go on a visit. And we, I went and visited and literally walked into the acting department, signed up. I had just done one flew over the cuckoo's nest at my high school. I played McMurphy and I, I just like did that dumb thing. I walked in, 
I went there to visit. I walked in on the day they, and they were having auditions and stuff. So I signed up and I went in and I just did a monologue for my high school without preparing. And they were like, we'd love to talk to you about coming to school here. And I was like, great. Will you pay for it? <laughs> like not knowing anything. And they were like, sure. <laughs> kind of, you got a scholarship. Yeah. I, I think I paid a little, but I, but like, yeah, I got, I got helped out a great deal. Um, and, uh, this one teacher, Bob McDonald, was like absolutely amazing to me and was just like, you should come to school here. And I, I, I went like, I don't know what I want to, I think I want to do something like this. I should mention, I, UConn was on my mind because they have a, it's the only college in America that has a puppetry department. And I wanted, I was like, I was like, maybe I could work at Jim Henson. Who knows? Like, I was like, I like the Muppets. <laughs> I, I didn't really. Puppetry, that's a reach. Uh, yeah. And but I ended look, up taking, good a, that you had... I ended up taking a bunch of the classes and, and like, came very close to minoring in it as far as having enough credits. But like they, it was, yeah, it took like shadow puppets and took a couple classes and really actually fell in love. I just think that world, I've always, I'm all over the place right now, but no, that free. world of the, the Muppet, anything, anyone who makes that stuff, I find fascinating. <laughs> I've always been fascinated with people who make action figures and sculpt stuff. And that, so pub, the puppetry thing really kind of, I, I always got into it, but I, I knew that I didn't fit into that world. Does hmm. that make sense? Yeah, sure. I, I don't think I could do puppetry full on as a pr profession because I, that's not. I saw I saw improv at UCB and I went, that's it. Is that's that what where I you do. got bit? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, yeah, I did like Shakespeare and stuff. I was on the, so like, you were, like toured with the Royal Shakespeare real company actor. for like, well, please. I was a, a kid trying to be, <laughs> I had no idea. I was grasping for straws in my mind. I was like, I'm going to move to New York and do theater. And then like college ended, I moved back to New York. I was doing an off Broadway show and I was like, this is fine. And then I saw the sign for Upright Citizens Brigade and went in that night, saw a show and quit everything and the next morning went back and signed up for classes and I've been there ever since and uh -oh. it was the, the smartest decision I've ever made I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for UCB and that's it for today's show Eddie Pence thanks so much for coming back so good to be back we didn't know we thought maybe you're gonna make a run <laughs> for it live in Vegas but you're back again happy to have you tomorrow is Tuesday a brand new show awaits you Eddie Pence is gonna be there I'm gonna be here where are you gonna be well I hope you come back because I love you and I mean it bye <laughs>